The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. This episode of Radioactive Metal is dedicated to the memory of ex-Scorpions drummer James Kotak. Radioactive Metal. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a Be Kind Rewind episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 769, and I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. And dear listeners, this episode is brought to you by the fine folks at True Cult, True Cult Coffee. Sorry, I'm not sleeping. It's been a rough month, we'll say. Uh, at okay. least a month at this point. But anyway, so Truco Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. The blackest, hottest, most metal coffee you will ever find. Go out to True Call Coffee, get on the mailing list, and that way you'll know about all the cool stuff they got coming up. Because they've got great coffee. They have great coffee that they have all the time, so you can always go there and get great coffee. In fact, if you subscribe... You'll get coffee every month, and you'll get music with it. They do some cool things. But if you go ahead and get on that mailing list, even if you don't get coffee today, you're going to know when they do crazy collaborations and cool things like that. And they've always got something cooking. There's always something going on at True Cold Coffee, so don't miss out. TrueColdCoffee.com, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T, Coffee.com. All right, Snowman, what's going on with you? Well, myself, first of all, I want to um, thank you for taking time out of your holiday down in the States. It is Martin Luther King Day, and I'm sure you had lots of uh, things going on with the family, but I'm assuming you did that earlier in the day, and now you're uh, ready to rock and roll. So thank you so much, and um, and I want to say, you know, a happy holiday to everyone down in the U.S., I think this is a uh, pretty important holiday, and everyone should take a uh, take 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 the time out just to uh, not not just to acknowledge its importance, but just spend time with family and friends, and just 
you know, do all that, have have a delicious barbecue, and then sit down and record your podcast. How does that sound? How's that for a Martin Luther King Day? Well, barbecue is not typically a thing here for a Martin Luther King Day. Um, it, it's not like a 4th of July sort of thing. It is... It's definitely a more pensive holiday, we'll say, where okay. there, there's a lot more um, reflecting, and, and that's probably not even the best way to say it. Just there, there's a lot of focus on civil rights, right? Because right. that, that's what you know Martin Luther King pioneered, really. Of course. And so, so there's you know a lot of things involving that, and you know that sort of thing. So. Yeah, not, not not necessarily a big barbecue. Holiday there. <laughs> okay, I don't know. I think of holiday because just all of the holidays that we've had, I've always gone to my dad's. My dad's, you know, in the summer, in the spring, in the fall holidays, and he's fired up the barbecue and all that. So I kind of kind of equate that um, today before, like my dad would say, before we kind of get on with the grunt here, we do have some. Uh, radioactive metal house cleaning to uh to do first of all right at the top of the hop i just uh, yeah yeah the um the loss this week of one james kotak the ex uh drummer of the scorpions okay now our if you if you remember this <laughs> okay then that means You've been listening to Radioactive Metal for 17 years now. And I will forever throw the horns to you and buy you a drink in the event that I should ever be in your presence. Because 17 years ago is when this show started. And Mr. Kotak was one of our very first interviews. And I was just blown away. Just by the fact of, okay, it's our first year doing this show. You know, we've we've only got a couple interviews under our belt. And, uh, you know, now all of a sudden, boom. Uh, 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 I'm talking to a member of the Scorpions. Okay. And it, it was a different time then because, you know, okay. Now, you know, we've spoken to everyone. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> by now. So, like... While it's still exciting, okay, all of those years doing all of these these awesome videos, you kind of get your shit together and you kind of don't fanboy out and, you know, it's, you just do what you got to do. Okay, but back then, it was definitely kind of a different story. I'll never forget, one of my ultimate memories that I will never forget on this show was... Um, we were speaking to him at the time. He was still married to Athena Lee, Tommy Lee's sister, who is a drummer in her own right. Okay. And <laughs> being, being the, being the wise guy I am, I had to ask him, okay, Hey, it's just us guys here. Now who's the better drummer, you or the <laughs> missus? And he's like, oh, dude, come on. You can't ask me that. <laughs> she is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's the best drummer I've ever met. And it's like, oh, oh, it just, oh, yeah, yeah. Special, special memory. So it was quite a gut punch 
you know, when I heard that Mr. Kotak had passed away. So, yeah, all of our um, condolences to all of his friends and family. Thank you, sir, for the memory. Um, something a little more happy here, though. Um, today is the uh, birthday of the mighty Kronos from Venom. Okay, now you might be wondering, well, why are you talking about Venom? How is this radioactive metal housekeeping? Okay, no Venom. Snowy never would have gone full-time. There would have been no radioactive metal without the mighty Kronos. So it's just one of those, you know, I before I went metal full-time, you know, I listened to the Runaways, ACDC, some Def Leppard, and Van Halen, and, you know, all the lightweights. But then I discovered Venom, and it's like, oh, holy shit, this is a whole new world. And I went metal full-time, like, right after that. And then about a year later, I went punk um, with the discovery of the Sex Pistols. I know, basic, but what do you want? I was 13. Well, I feel like that's everybody's entry, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. And then for the hardcore, maybe... Well, for punk, maybe the Ramones as well. And then with uh, with hardcore, a lot of people's gateway into that, really, what, what minor threat. The Dead Kennedys were punk, but I could see a lot of hardcore fans being into them as well at that time. So, yeah, they were kind of the the gateway as well so yeah happy birthday to the mighty chronos a little more closer to the home though radioactive metal alum mr aaron price is celebrating a birthday today too we had him on because he is a uh scribe for fistful of metal that magazine that i love so much i'm always looking forward to every other month picking up uh Picking up an issue, seeing what he's got got going on. So happy birthday, my friend, and many more to come. And finally, okay, really close to home here. As of um, January 25th, okay, here in Winnipeg, our former co-hostess, Sky, of course, she's she of the uh, Bulldog Event Center, as of starting the 25th, which is a Thursday, from then on, every Thursday is going to be punk rock night. Rock right, so. on. Yeah, yeah. So basically what that means, okay, it's your cool Uncle Snowy is going to be turning Thursday night into saturday night shall we say and uh yeah yeah so looking forward to that and spending a lot more time with her i haven't seen her in a while I haven't really gotten out much at all this year you know in terms of shows and all that so yeah she's probably wondering hey where is that bastard I haven't seen him in a long time well my friend that's that's my fault but that is going to change here um yeah so should we kind of get on with it i got some uh some my 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 traditional after work true cavalt 
coffee going in my original Universal's Monsters mug when I was deciding which mug I wanted to use. You popped in my head and I said, you know what, I'll bet you Aaron would like me to use that mug tonight. So I got that going. Yeah, yeah. When I'm done that, I'm going to switch over to some to some Thunderball here in my Number of the Beast mug. Oh, and just just for the record, for our longtime listeners, um, I won't be using my British Steel mug on the show, at least for the foreseeable future, because I took it over to my co-host Matt Copper at um, Wrestling Night in Canada. Every time I go over there to uh, re- to record an episode or watch a pay-per-view or whatever, like he doesn't have any cool mugs to make my drinks in. So I'm like, dude, why don't you have any cool mugs? Like you should see my you should see my cupboard, <laughs> you know. So I'm gonna have to bring a mug, and I chose Judas Priest British Steel mug. So I know that's kind of been a that's a good choice. Yeah, yeah. I know it's made more than one appearance on this show over the years, but uh, yeah, it's kind of made its way over there. So um, let's uh, get on with tonight's mandatory metal segment for the good folks at True Cavalt Coffee. I discovered this really cool. Well, it's I don't know exactly how long they've been around, but they were kind of new to me but black metalers servant new album at atus ascensus i know every black metal fan listening to this right now is screaming at their device so yeah let's get on with it here servants for tonight's true cavalt coffee this is empire of madness Yeah. 
been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Hey, dude, what you got? All right, lots of stuff. So, right on. one, I got to tell you this this funny thing here. Um, so, uh, we've talked off air about this. I don't think we've talked on air about it, but I have been struggling to walk a lot lately. And, you know, some days are better than others. And I've been walking with a cane occasionally. And, you know, I have this cane and, um, my, my kids are like, oh, that's a really cool cane, you know, cause when, when I needed it a lot was when I first got it. And I'm like, well, if I got to walk with a cane, I don't want it to look like an old man cane. I want to look cool. So it's like a carved dragon, you know? Oh, right on. And then right. I'm like, man, I wonder what other cool canes I could find. And so don't you know, you can get a Godzilla cane. Oh, <laughs> Right on. Yeah, and and it's on my my eBay uh, wish wish list watch list because I I really I, I really do want to pick one up, but I'm chuckling because you know by the time I'm using a cane that means I'm also walking super slow, 
and the Godzilla right. head faces forward in the direction you're walking. So I was joking with my wife. I'm like, is this more, you know, is there anything more appropriate than this stick? Because it's going to be like, step, boom, boom, step. Boom. You know, it's, it's going to be this slow lumbering walk. Uh-huh. You know, so we've been joking about that. I've been dying to tell you that one. <laughs> you know. And then, uh, let's see here. Did you hear about the Creature from the Black Lagoon comic? No. Okay, so check this out. So I I think it's just been announced in the last four days. And the writer is going to be Robert Kirkman. Kirkman, Kirkman. I should know that name. Uh, Walking Dead. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it, it, at least I think he's going to be the writer. It might just be like his studio or whatever is coming from, but he was the one that made the announcement. So anytime I see Robert Kirkman, I'm like, oh, okay. Because, you know, he did Walking Dead. He did Invincible. He, I think he was involved in Haunt for a okay. while. And that was a good one. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So Kirkman, I'm like, oh, I'm excited to see what goes on here. Yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens there. Did you catch which comic company was putting this out? Image. Oh, okay, that's they're cool. Yeah, yeah Image Comics. Right on. Yeah, yeah, and I, I tell you, like uh, my my comic book shop to to do like a subscription, we'll say like where they pull the books for you. Yeah. You have to have like at least five titles that you're following every month. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said. I, I'm like, because you know, they're like, oh, we could do this for you. And you know, pull them. I said, I appreciate that, but there's typically not five books I want to read every month. Uh-huh. You know, because I mean, there's lots of books I want to read, but they all seem to be coming out at different times and they're not full series. They're one shots like, like Ultraman and American Vampire. And oh, what was the other one I absolutely loved? Uh, Werewolf by Night. Werewolf by Night was super short. Ultraman was super short. Um, There's a couple Godzillas that were super short. So it's just like it's it's hard, you know, to keep track of mm-hmm. all these things. So I, I got to see if I can jump on this one when it comes out because obviously, you know, I'm excited for this one. Definitely, definitely. I know you're you're big mark for the creatures in the Black Lagoon. So when like like when I see it, I'm I'm gonna grab them. Yeah. yeah. I, at our at our comic shop, shout out to the good folks at Galaxy Comics here in Winnipeg. We have a shelf, and every week, you know, one of us like I'll go with to Galaxy with our daughter and my wife. And we'll like we have an ongoing joke about the pile. Every week there's a pile of comics that they've put a copy aside for us because they know, okay, they're reading this series, and then they'll throw a couple suggestions in there as well. That's a good shop, dude. I love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's like, okay, someone's got to go get the pile as soon as 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 we walk in, and we have this little competition. Okay, I don't know if I've said it on the show before, but when we get back to the car with our pile, you know, the stuff that you know that was set aside, and then whatever else that we're picking up, our daughter will count them. Okay, okay, who had this comic? Okay, that's mine. Okay, what about this one? My wife will say, that's mine. Okay, this one, she'll say, that's mine and all that. 
And then she counts up, okay, mom had this many. I had this many. Dad had twice as many as both of us. <laughs> and and all that. And whoever has the most comics is the winner slash loser. Because, you know, you won because you had the most, but you lost because you probably spent too much money <laughs> on, on them. So, yeah, that's kind of a tradition of ours when it comes time for the comic shop. I would love for you to come with us, spend a Saturday with us up up here, you know, going to Galaxy, going to Planet of Sound, just 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 down the road, whatever other bookshops that we like to hit up as well, and all that. And, oh yeah, dude. And we all we always have a good time together. Like these these two young ladies are still my best friends up here. So yeah, they'd be a blast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I'm glad you've got that with your son as well. Like he's taken to the comic shops, and you you guys do that together and. And all that. That's just good parenting, you know. When yeah, it's can... a lot of fun. And Wait. our our Comic Con is coming up here in February, at the end of February. Oh, really? Yep, it's almost that time of year again. Have they announced any guests, or is it just I, a you small know what? key? I like this is the first year I haven't seen the guest list, and um, it, it's always after Nicholas's birthday. And okay. this, this year he's turning 14. Holy jeez, um, already? Yeah, I know, right? Oh, they grow up so fast. I know. And, I mean, it seems like just the other day I was taking him to his first comic, Comic-Con, and I wasn't sure if he was ever going to go back. You know, because <laughs> he just, there's just so much going on. Right, know? yeah. Sensory, sensory overload. It, it really was. And, uh-huh. you know, thankfully, like, I'm recognizing that. I'm like, oh, let's step out for a while. Okay, let's come back, you know. Let's figure this stuff out. And, you know, now something he looks forward to. Well, he's really into the Five Nights at Freddy's um, horror video game franchise and stuff. And they have a graphic novel. And I'm like, I wonder if there's going to be a Five Nights at Freddy's artist there. Mm. Uh, Because if there is, then I would try to reach out to them now. So I need to do my research now, see if I could get a commission to surprise him with that we could pick up like when we're there. Right. Right. You know, yeah. so we'll, sure. we'll see how that goes. But yeah, like, like talking about the suggestions, my um, my comic shop um, when I lived in, in uh, you know up in Pennsylvania, in the Pittsburgh area, it was called Pittsburgh Comics. It was in uh, McMurray, Pennsylvania. Well, still is in McMurray, Pennsylvania. And um, that guy, because Colin and I used to work together at Radio Shack, you know, long before he started his comic shop. And so, you know, he knew me, he knew my taste, he knew my music taste. And so it's like, hey, I call him and say, okay, I'm looking for this series. Make sure you pull those. And then there's always suggestions. Like the Glenn and Henry comics, which I did not know existed, just made it into my file. And I'm like, that's, that's the kind of, kind of person that, that you want at your comic shop. Somebody uh-huh. who understands when they see something that niche. Like, oh, I know exactly who who wants this, oh, yeah. you know. Aaron would love this, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, super good stuff. So so that's that's going on. I didn't get to tell you last week or the week before, my wife got me for Christmas a wall decal that's the creature from the Black Lagoon. Ooh. And it's like the Sweet. portal, and he's looking through the portal. So okay. 
I got a spot on the wall. I'm going to put that. I've been flattening it out. But then, you know, I told you we got a cold spell coming here. The walls have to be 75 degrees. I'm like, well, that's going to be a little bit. Um, but it won't, won't be too much for that. But yeah, so, so that's going on. Um, and then I have a concert for the year already. Look at that. You're one up on me already. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I, I have any shows this year. And I'll have at least two. Well, hopefully as long as I make it. Because the Surfer Jets are coming back with the Reverend Horton Heat. Um, Sweet. Yeah. But I was so happy to make it to the Coffin Cat show. And I told you, like, you know, I, it's it's hard to walk. Like, I I left my, my chiropractor and... Um, I went to my favorite barbecue joint, which is right next to the venue. Oh, no. don't you love that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. So <laughs> so I go in there, and um, I'm like, well, because I, I wasn't sure if I was going to try and stay yet, dude. It was early. I was just in pain. And I'm like, can I make it to this at all? And um, you know, so I go in, and nobody ever identifies me, ever as a fan of the type of music I listen to. Right? Oh, yeah. Ever. And I was in my, you know, Henry Rollins hoodie, but nobody ever recognizes that or, again, puts two and two together. Well, doesn't the waitress say, well, hey, are you going to that show tonight? I'm like, yeah. Like, the coffee guy, she's like, that band was just here grabbing uh, grabbing a uh, bite. Just I missed just them. missed them. Ah, too they bad. Were in the restaurant. I'm like, man, how cool is this? I can't wait to tell Snowy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, dude, it was it was so cool. Cause I'm like, oh, that's awesome. They were here, and um, the so the band so Dog Bite that we talked about last episode. They opened right. up, you right know, on. and you know they did a killer job. I found a new band called Jared Petty and the Headliners. Um, rockabilly, right. yeah, rock, rockabilly band. Like, okay. like real stray cats kind of vibe. And then of course, uh, the coffee cats come on and that was an absolute blast. I got a t-shirt. That, that was, <laughs> that's, I just tell my wife, I'm like, I don't know how long I'm going to be able to handle this. Like, I don't know if I can stand up. Like I, I really just didn't know. So my plan was to at least just go in, buy some merch and come home, you know, just at least support the band. Say, thank you for coming here. Please come mm-hmm. back, you know, because because we've talked about how nobody comes here, you know. So when there's a mm-hmm. band like this that I like, I, I really try to get out and support them and especially get some merch because, you know, that gets them to the next town. And mm-hmm. um, wouldn't you know, dude, they were selling autographed posters, um, like tour posters of the show. So it has like a, the graphic and all the dates and each of them signed it and it was already framed. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's twenty bucks. I'm like, well, that's totally worth Ooh, it. Oh shit! Yeah, some great wall art <laughs> autographed. I'm like, I'll take that, man. Take that, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I got that in a shirt. Um, it was a killer show. Um, I would love to get a chance to talk to that bass player, and I, I've got to get better at um, figuring out what shows I'm going to see and trying to, you know, organize some interviews before or the day of or something. Because, mm-hmm. dude, I would love to talk to him about his base. His base has a lion's head carved into the top. Oh, wow. Right? And so so I don't know how familiar you are with, you know, violins, cellos, basses, the orchestral instruments. 
But I'm not a musician, but I can appreciate the beautiful music they play. They well, make. historically, like the t- the top of the top of the bass, but even you know on a violin or a cello, like up where the tuning keys are, right? And on on a, a violin or a cello, they're called tuning pegs. They call them a tuning peg on an upright bass, but um, they're gears, right? Because that's 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 a lot of that, that's a lot of string they got to hold back, but um. So, up there, the headstock always has this nice little scroll this this carved in, right? Mm-hmm. And I've only seen a couple variations of that. It, and there was a, and, and I'm curious to know if this was like one of the lion's heads bases that I've seen, or if um, he just you know had somebody carve it out of the scroll. Because some of the lions had had bases like are ten grand, dude. Oh, jeez. Yeah, because because back when I was studying and playing seriously, uh, like that was always on my wish list. Because you know, even even if I'm gonna play classical music, there there's always a little bit. You know, I want the cool looking instrument. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> that kind of thing. So yeah. That was a blast. I'm so glad they came through here. Um, if the Coffin Cats are in your town, go out and see them. Oh, definitely, yeah. You know, and I, this is 20 years, I think they said. Hmm. 20 years of the Coffin Cats, which I'm like, wow. Yeah, yeah. I believe over the years, Rue Morgue Magazine up here, you know, because they just give off that, that horror vibe as well. Like, you know, the name like Coffin Cats, like, come on. You know, like... Rue Morgue has given them press over the years. Oh, that's awesome, dude. You know, and, uh, you know, it's, I love that combination of cool music and horror, film, and art. It just, it works so well. And, yeah, I've given, I've given the Coffin Cats a spin and all that. And, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm been converted, shall we say. I'm a Coffin Catter now. Dude, I well, I just I love the horror Billy Psychobilly kind of stuff, you know, the mm-hmm. horror punk theme, and it's 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 just such a blast, you know. It's 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 fun and frightening at the same time. It, it's like Halloween in a in a concert, you know. <laughs> like the only thing that's missing Halloween is somebody passing out candy yeah. to us, you know. Hey, which which yeah. I should do that next time. There's like a Psychobilly show. I should like, you know, like make people trick or treat or something. There we go. There you go. Talk to the the owner of your club and say, hey, let's make because we have a a Halloween in April show up here at the legendary uh, Albert Club, you know, where our local uh, Misfits tribute band will play. And they encourage everyone to show up all dressed up in a Halloween costume and all that. Maybe that's something to talk to a owner of uh, a, a venue owner in your neck of the woods. Yeah. You know, sometime in April or May. Might be a good idea. Yeah. All right on. What what else you got? Um, that's everything, man. That that's that's where we're capping off here. Right on, right on. Yeah. No, I'm so glad I'm so glad you made it out and you know, I can't wait uh you know, to get, you know, a little more involved with the Coffin Cat myself. No, for myself, I never made it out to any shows just yet, but I do have a number on my list. But I do have um, 
a cool metal fix here. Uh, first off, speaking of comic books, issue four of the latest Alice Cooper uh, series, courtesy of Dynamite, issue four of five. I just just uh, finished that up yesterday, and you know it's getting down. To the nitty-gritty, there's only one more um, issue left next month, and it's like um, Alice Cooper versus the devil, you know, in a in uh, basically, okay, you're, it's it's going to come down to, you You remember uh, Charlie Daniels, Devil Went Down to Georgia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, okay, it's basically the devil versus Alice Cooper you know, in a rock-off type, you know, for Alice Cooper's soul. Oh, that's going to be a blast. To, to save the world. Yeah, it's a series I'm really enjoying. Um, last Thursday, and I love doing stuff like this on Thursdays, but uh, Mrs. Snowy, when she came and picked me up from work, she's like, I have to hit the local bookstore that we like to uh that we like to go to because she had a book that she special ordered and so you know so she had to go pick it up that day okay great you know let's make it a you know a bookstore date we'll get some coffee too and just just have 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 a good old time she found her book and i was doing a little bit of looking around myself and i found a really cool tome here myself called punk women 40 years of musicians who built punk rock and I haven't had a chance to really get into it, but yeah, the, that, that first wave of, uh, of, uh, of women that helped face said that helped form punk rock and, uh, and, and hardcore, you know, the, you know, from, from the cramps and nausea, I'm flipping through it here now. Uh, Have you blah, seen blah, blah, that blah, doc blah. on um, Kathleen Hanna, the punk singer? No, and I should. It's on Tubi. I just finished watching it. Okay. As soon as you um, start yeah, seeing like, the women uh, in punk, like you definitely need to check that out, dude. From from Bikini Kill. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, we've we've played them on the show more than once. Oh yeah. Here's Bikini Kill. Here, as I'm looking at it. As well as the lunatics and okay, like it's just looks like it's going to be a really good read and it's going to be one one of those reads that, you know, it's so many pages have we got here, pushing two hundred. That's it. So it's not like it's going to be like an, you know, it's going to take up a lot of time. But it looks like there's a lot of really cool history and all that. I'm gonna I'm gonna look out for that. I'm on to I'm on Tubi a lot, but I haven't seen that. I wonder. I'm hoping that the the programming in the U.S. is the same as Canada as well. But that's you know because sometimes yeah, with these channels, that. these channels it it does differ. We've found that that out the hard way with Pluto TV, right? Because you have the Godzilla channel. Oh, you don't? No, no. Oh. It's, you know, and I even, you know, I even got a hold of someone at Pluto, and they said, "Yeah, sorry, yeah, we we don't we don't have it 
available up here right now. Oh, well, that sucks, dude. Yeah, I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy. But, yeah, hopefully soon. Uh, before we get on with some tunes here, I uh, hit the record shop. And shout out to Brent and the good folks at um, Old Gold Vintage Vinyl. Um, I was supposed to go there. Okay. Word of no word of a lie, I was just going in there to buy some stickers. Okay, it's <laughs> yeah, a lovely it, story. It, it's a new year. Okay, it's it's a new year. I have a new notebook, and so I need to decorate it with some new stickers. Well, I found a couple like his the sticker selection. Okay, he did. They didn't have a lot going on for what I needed. I needed like like heavy music, but I did find a cool DRI a Joy Ramone and a Do You Remember Rock and Roll Radio sticker and all that. So I will, okay, I'll go with these. But what the hell, I'm just going to have a look around. Okay, not really planning on buying anything. Do you remember KTEL Records? Oh, yeah. That was a thing in the U.S. with all the compilers. Yeah, yeah. In 1984, there was two volumes of the Masters of Metal, where it was just a KTEL record, the compilation, but it was all hard rock and heavy metal. Okay, I had the first one. Okay, I never did get around to, to picking up vol, volume two, but I had the first one. I just, I don't know what happened to it. I kind of lost it to the ages and all that. Well, for good shape and good price, God, if I didn't see Masters of Metal Volume One, no Black way. Sabbath, Sabbath, Y&T, Dawkins, Deal, Crocus, Kiss, Crew, Rainbow, Helix, Twisted Sister, Maiden. It's just, it was one of those albums that I picked up after I had gone metal full time, and I just, oh my god, oh my god, I can't believe I picked it up, bread, bread, bread. You know, I'm holding up. I'm like, oh, yes, thank you. This is awesome. I had this when I was a kid. He goes, you're not going to believe this, but someone just brought that in today. Oh, wow. It had only been on this shelf for a couple hours. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Really? Dude. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. My wife has told me, you know, there have been some times where she said, well, you were just destined to own that record, you know, for whatever series of events leading up to me getting, you know, said record. She said, you know, you were you were you were just destined to own it. And sure enough, same trip, believe it or not, I still this is my first time picking this up. But the heavy metal soundtrack on vinyl, the double album. And I never had this before. Oh, wow. I know, I know. Some people like, you know, I've, that I've already spoken to about it, it's like, you haven't had that yet? Like, what's going on? And it's like, just one of those records that I never, you know, because it's a double album, it's a little, little more pricey. So as a kid, you know, it wasn't one I was, you know, immediately picking up. And then you kind of just take it for granted. I did find it a couple times at other shops and all that. But the condition of them really weren't too hot shit and all that. So I just, uh, you know what? 
never mind but you know the metal gods shined you know shine the light down on me that day and finally i have a copy of the heavy metal soundtrack which a lot of these songs you know just over the years you know the you know the song heavy metal from sammy hagar the mob rules of course you know don felder's take a ride you know like the the journey ballad like a lot of these songs you you remember like just as part of the music world oh yeah and then you see the movies so many times over the years, you know, you you just start to pick up all these songs. So, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And finally, before we get on with some new tunes here, I bought Hardwired to Self-Destruct. Okay. When that was first released, I ran out and I bought the CD. Okay. But, see, CD is good. But a record like that, you need the vinyl. You need the vinyl. So I found it this uh, past weekend at Planet of Sound. Hey, hey Dave. Hey, Kathy. Once once again. Um, yeah, they had a new copy of Hardwired. Pretty good price. Mine. Mine. Nice, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, there's just some, some albums that you just need on vinyl. Even though... You know, like I have a number of albums and this would be an interesting um, discussion sometime down the line. But I have some albums dating back to the 80s that I originally bought on cassette. Upgraded, quote unquote, to CD. And then finally found a new vinyl for it or whatever. And you need it on vinyl and all that. And so, yeah, I I have a number of records that I have all three. So. I'm in the market for a hardwired cassette, so I'll be on the lookout for one of those. Just, just, just to say that I have it. It's like you know, I have the CD and the and the vinyl now. Uh, you will recall as the year was winding down, the Rods have um, are back. The veteran, the Rods, they um, uh, were in anticipation of releasing a new album here now in early 24 they had uh the album had come across my desk you know hey snowy you're gonna want to check out the title track rattle the cage and i did and it's really good stuff the new record though the full record is now available courtesy of the good folks at massacre record so yeah if there's going to be a record that i'm going to want the uh the physical copy of particularly some vinyl i'll be on the lookout for that as well morbid saint there's a blast from the past haven't really heard much from them over the decades but uh february 9th their new record swallowed by hell drops courtesy of the good folks at high roller now look look looking at these two records it's like the rods on massacre morbid saint on high roller shouldn't those be the other way around like isn't the rods more high roller material and isn't morbid saint more more massacre material hmm well i guess it's just first come first serve or whoever 
you know, makes uh, the best deal here. So let's get into uh, some of this, of these wicked new tunes. Let's go with the new single from The Rods, from the aforementioned Rattle the Cage. This is Play It Loud.
sacrifice for all to see. One by one, they all shall fall. Their twisted plan revealed to all. The end is just beginning. With fists in the air, we will stand up and fight. They'll pay the price for those that fell. Their souls released to burn in hell.
Introducing KTEL's Hair Magician. This new precision instrument comes with two interchangeable heads numbered one to four. These four different comb tooth edges are designed to keep the cutting blades exactly the right distance from the scalp. By just combing, it will trim and taper longer hair, automatically tapers and cuts shorter hair. Easy and safe to use, excellent for shaving your neck and trimming sideburns. Any mother can now give her family professional haircuts. Hair Magician will style, shape, and thin. Teenagers can now have the latest cuts in only minutes. With KTEL's Hair Magician, it's easy for men to look neat and smartly groomed. At only $2.99, it pays for itself after just one haircut. Think of all the dollars you can save. Buy one now. Hair Magician comes complete with heavy vinyl case, attachments, barber comb, extra blade, and directions. Only $2.99 from KTEL. object to me picking the coffin cats a song because dude like when i saw the song title chainsaw massacre from the inhumane record like laser focused it's like yep this one you know i'd even listen to some of the other coffin cats but it's like no i pretty think i'm gonna go with this one and as you just heard it's a hell of a song hell of a song there and before that, that was the title track from the aforementioned new, well, new, not yet, pretty soon, Morbid Saint from their A Swallowed by Hell record. Yeah, all stuff, all stuff that I need in my collection, like yesterday, shall we say. Well, my friend, um, I'm all done my True Cavalt coffee. I've switched over here in my uh, Number of the Beast mug. Taking some shots in my Friday the 13th uh, shot glass here and uh, going to turn it over to you now. What's going through Aaron's uh, brain today? Well, I've been thinking about this one for a while, right? And I wanted to talk about the impact of video rental 
on metal. Okay. Right? Yeah. Because, uh, you know, it's one thing that we have horror movies out there, but, uh, you know, the video rental store, VHS rentals, made those movies very accessible when they weren't before, right? I mean, think about... Mm -hmm. Heck, think about even stuff like, um, you know, the original Frankenstein, the Wolfman, the classics, you know, um, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Unless they did another run in theaters or drive-in movies, you didn't see those again, right? Right. But now, you know, and and I want to say particularly on metal because, you know, I I think of a movie like Halloween in 78 and the Texas uh, Chainsaw Massacre. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Texas Chainsaw Massacre came to a video rental in 1980, I believe. Well, yeah, they would have been one of the very first because Chainsaw goes back to 74. Yeah. And it was it was a cult classic by then. So, yeah, like they were people were clamoring, like video companies were clamoring to get that title out. Well, check this out. Halloween was actually released on VHS in 1979. Okay. Yeah, that just just a little bit before it, not much before it, but the Texas Chainsaw Massacre seemed to be the one that was really the big deal here. So, so let's let's kind of break down the timeline. So, when did you get your first VCR? <laughs> we were like the last people in the world to in the, in the developed world. We were the last people to get one. It was nineteen eighty four. And my dad brought a beta home. Okay. And by then, the VHS beta war was pretty much done. You know, we would go to the video store, and there would be four walls of VHS and one little wall of beta. You know, but that's that's not to say we didn't put the beta to good use. When we got that machine... When we got that beta, every day, it was a new toy. My dad was bringing home new movies because he bought it. He was, he was in the military. He bought it on the force base. The, oh, okay, the PX? At the Canex, yeah. Oh, well, the, whatever uh, they call it there, yeah. Yeah, you know, it was basically the department store and the grocery store on force bases. Right. And they had a video, and they were cheap rentals and all that. So Dad was bringing three, four movies home a night. Of course, I'm the only one that was up watching them. You know, they were asleep. Mom and Dad were asleep by the time the first two movies were done. You know, my little sister wasn't too far behind. My brother lost interest when did something else. But yeah, I was watching, you know, three, four movies a night, including that was the first time that I saw the on the original and unrated Dawn of the Dead. And oh, I was like, wow. I, okay. I, was just, I was just hooked on that movie right from then. And I hadn't really gone, I hadn't really gone horror full time. It would have been like another couple more years before I really sunk my teeth into horror and became, you know, the the fanatic that I am today. But that was, yeah, that was a movie that just hit me hard you know and then years later i'd begin to appreciate uh the soundtrack the music goblin 
you know, meeting Claudio Seminetti was absolutely amazing and all that. So, yeah, yeah, I remember those days, 1984, and I swear we were the last people, you know, in the developed world to get a VCR. Well, see, here's what's funny. Like, I think that's when we got ours, too. And, I mean, they were still really expensive then in the mid-'80s. Mm-hmm. You know, we we got a VHS. My dad worked at Radio Shack. And so I, I'm curious, did yours have a remote? And was the remote wired or wireless? I think it was, yeah, it had a remote. But I, I want to say, yeah, it was wired to the machine but we didn't use the remote very much we just got up and just used the buttons on did it manually Uh, same same ours was a wired remote or at least the one at my grandfather's house because my my grandfather was always interested in whatever the latest technology was right always kept up with Mm -hmm. that you know and so um there's the wired one and then it was funny like because that probably was like 84, 85. Um, I remember one of the first movies we watched was Police Academy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I absolutely love that. And then, but like probably only like maybe four years later, we had a different VCR by that point. It worked differently. And then do you remember being able to program them? Uh no, I was like, okay, what do you mean by when well, you say to, program? to record a like, show? Like you, you'd set the VCR up, you'd have to set in the date time and then you could program it to record a show. Oh, I recorded stuff when I was there, you know, just to, oh, there's this going on, on, on wrestling. I think I want to, I, w- I want to save this or, you know, something on, well, like we recorded a lot of, um, like, Back then you had, you know, and I imagine, you know, Americans did this with the Headbangers Ball or whatever, but we had the power hour on much music up here. And so what we would do is you put a VHS tape into the machine when a cool video that you were you really wanted to keep, you know, you press record. Then I imagine you guys did that back in, you know, in the U.S. too. Yeah. And yeah, but for actually t- put, like doing the timer and all that, no, I never, I never bothered to learn all that. Well, I see. Like my 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 dad, and my grandfather were all about this stuff, right? Because the whole point was you could set it to record, and if there's something on when you're not home, well, then you can watch it later, right? Right. And so we always had blank video cassettes, and so. Um, and I think I talked about this on the show before, but like Kiss Meets the Fan of the Park was going to play. Right. And um, it was going to be on like late at night. And so I didn't have to stay up with it. I, you know, I programmed everything, did everything, got up the next morning, nothing. It didn't work. Oh. And I was so heartbroken. So then it, it, had, it was one of those times where it just happened to be it was either on two weekends in a row or it was pretty, it was pretty, pretty close together. They had two showings, which is really rare for that kind of thing. Right. And I can't remember what time in the morning it was on, like, you know, like one or two in the morning, some of like that. I stayed up, 
recorded the whole thing, like didn't even, wouldn't even go to bed because I wanted to make sure that I stopped it and everything was fine and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And did everything manually. I watched that tape for years, dude. For years and years and years. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So timeline here. The, the 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 video cassette recorder is starts coming out like mid to late sixties. By the seventies, you start to get home machines, right? By seventy five, we've got Betamax. You know, format wars are starting, and then by the eighties, right? Especially by like like the mid to late eighties, VHS is everywhere. And I, I swear you can't go anywhere without seeing VHS in, uh, you know, a Walmart or, or anything like that. And mm-hmm. you've got the video rental stores that start popping up. So doing a little research here, the first video rental store appeared somewhere, somewhere over in the UK, like in about 77, I think. Really? Wow. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think it actually started as renting like real films, like an actual film film. You know, hmm. and and then videotapes and optical discs. But then I think seventy seven was the first one on Wilshire Boulevard in uh, Los Angeles, wow. right? And then next thing you know, they're everywhere. Now I am curious, like by by the end of this, right? Like um, in the nineties or whatever, we had big chains like Hollywood Video. And Blockbuster video, right? So many people talk about Blockbuster. Dude, I didn't know what Blockbuster was till like the mid to late 2000s. Yeah, we didn't get a Blockbuster up here until just a couple of years before, like, as, okay, not, not quite the dying days, but a couple of years before you could tell you know, this format is starting to die. We didn't get one until late in the game, but I had heard, like, in Canada, like, I believe it was pretty much a U.S. thing, but it, there was definitely no blockbusters in uh, my my area. But I had heard so many horror stories about Blockbuster, the way they, um, they were really conservative. They... Would only, they wouldn't buy unrated stuff. They would um, actually to the point where they were influencing the movies being made, saying, well, if you do this, you know, we won't carry it. So already, even before the movie is being um, submitted to the MPAA for ratings, Blockbuster is already you know, got their their knife doing the chopping and all that. And as a horror film fan, I was fuming. Like how like how why aren't you guys telling these these people to fuck off and die? You know, like but then okay, okay, this is why because Blockbuster is so huge. Okay. Blockbuster was like Walmart and people, you know, kowtowed to walmart and they did that to uh with 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 blockbuster as well so yeah i was very um by the but okay in the dying days we did end up there was a blockbuster down the road from our place it finally moved into our neighborhood but it was the dying days and we did get a membership but 
I noticed that, okay, I'm seeing a lot of unrated horror here. So has Blockbuster changed their tune or was that just a thing in the U.S.? Or is this a franchise owner that's telling the corporation to pound sand, I'll buy whatever I want? It, it was really weird. It was really weird. I had, this, I had this big chip on my shoulder for so long. And then when I finally got one, I'm like, oh, well, what's what's going on here? You know what I mean? It was weird. It was weird. Yeah. And and see, and it's kind of funny because, like, I don't think we had anything like that until, like, the mid to late 90s at the, at the earliest. Okay. And it was nowhere near me. Like, I can't remember how far I had to drive to go to, like, one of the bigger chains. Um, but but we would because we're like, you hear so much about it. And I'm like, okay, it's huge, but is it that great? Because, like, where I was, we had mom-and-pop shops, right? Uh-huh. There's the first uh-huh. one. It was just a mom-and-pop shop. And then, you know, pretty much anything you could think of, they would, they would get in an order so you could rent it, mm-hmm. you know? And if it was, you know, offered that sort of stuff. Um, but then we actually had, we had a grocery store. And it's a, it's a big chain of grocery stores in, uh, the, in the Pittsburgh area. It's called Giant Eagle. And okay. they had what they called um, Eagle Video. And because, you know, in Pittsburgh, everybody makes Eagle sound like Eagle. So they called it Eagle uh, Video. They leaned into it uh, and okay. you could go in there and rent movies, you know. And they tend to be on the more conservative side because, you know, at any given moment they had young children and um, that in the store. Because, you know, but uh, most of the places that I dealt with were all mom and pops. So. It would, it would just kind of depend. Well, if this store doesn't have it, then this store might carry it. Because, I mean, we had stores that carried the Faces of Death videos, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in the late 80s, early 90s, and things like that. But, you know, why, why I'm bringing this all up is the accessibility now of horror movies, right? E- even if they weren't the most popular thing, you know, you could go and watch Halloween Anytime you want it, over and over, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, wow. Freddy, all that stuff, you know. And like, I can remember one Halloween renting. Was it the Halloween? Okay, which Howling is the one with this? Basically, the porno with fur. Is that the two with, with the marsupial werewolves? Yeah, I think that's part two. Or is that four? Because I've only, I've really only seen the first one. Okay. Well, so like we had seen the first one, but then we're like, oh, let's get this one. Maybe it was four. I don't know. There, There's just one where I remember watching. I'm like, oh, this is not what I expected this to be at all. <laughs> you know, it was a lot of furry werewolf sex, um, mm. you know, and, and so we, we rented it on Halloween. That was a big deal. Like I remember, you know, asking my mom, mom, can you go rent this? Like, we want to watch one of the new Howling movies, you know? Like, that's what we're going to watch on on Halloween after we trick-or-treat and stuff. And when I say all this, I mean, like, we were, we were in high school still trick-or-treating, you know? Like, this is still a big deal. Like, yeah, let's go get our candy, then let's watch a horror movie, you know? Um, but things like Silver Bullet, right? Because Silver Bullet, I don't think that did that great in the theaters, did it? Uh, not really, no, but it found, a, it found its niche on... Uh... 
on home video for sure. Yeah, have, have you watched that recently? Uh, no, just when it first came out on when I first saw it on VHS, you know. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I have to see it again because I'm I'm a big believer of if you don't remember anything about it. You haven't seen it. You have to see it again. Uh, dude, I caught it again this past October because it was air- airing down here for, you know, the Halloween season. Okay. It is a way better movie than I remember it being. Like, oh, that's good. good. Way better. Like, I'm watching it going like, wow, why didn't I like this? Like, this, I mean, this is a great <laughs> movie. That's a great movie. So... Yeah, um, but but like you know, t- to that point, movies like that, movies that didn't do great at the box office could have this second life now at the video mm-hmm. stores, you know. And I I was thinking like, is there any bands that you can think of off the top of your head? Like for for me, I feel like Slayer, right? I, I feel like Slayer is living at the video rental store, and then that's going to influence their writing. But like, like what other bands, you know, from like the mid eighties up through the, um, the late nineties, do you think were influenced because of having this easy access to this material? Well, okay. When it comes to stuff on, uh, on, on the VHS tape, the first thing that immediately comes to mind though, are the live tape trading days. You know, like it's not something you're going to find, you know, on the shelves. Okay, so that's really not what you're talking about. But I remember the first, like the first, like the first metal music. Um, and I'm I'm sure there was an off the top of my head. I'm sure there's there's a number more mainstream. You know, Ozzy Cruz, Scorps. I'm sure that had some. Uh, some VHSs, but the first, the one that really caught my attention was the Ultimate Revenge DVD or VHS, because that was um, Venom Slayer and Exodus. Um, you know, and it was just a couple live songs and some interviews in in in, in between. This was, you know, at a time when thrash was severely underground yeah you know slayer was nowhere near the mainstream like we're talking exodus slayer they're on their first albums okay venom is only on their third album and no one's anywhere near the mainstream and being up here you know um this was the holy grail okay (laughs) For for anyone in the, in the underground, okay. Now I'm sure you know in the major centers, you know um, every 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 uh, at least the mom and pop shops would have a copy of this for rental. But up here, I saw it advertised in the magazines. I hit up every shop, and I just couldn't. There, there was just none, none to be found. I eventually found one years later at a mom and pop shop, you know, sitting on the bottom shelf. You know, I got had to get a membership, you know, in order for me to rent this, and I got the two 
the two VCRs together. I believe I like it was it had to have been but I had to have been dating Mrs. Snowy at the time because she knew how to put the two VCRs together and all that. And I bootlegged a lot of uh wrestling and horror and that ultimate revenge you know because of that that was that that was the holy grail after that fast forward a couple years later do you remember the hard and heavy series i do not does that ring a bell it was uh, just it's it's it, it was a compiled but i can't, I can't yeah. place it yeah there was um with uh with every every episode, every every edition, okay, every volume, you know, they would have quick clips of some interviews. They would have they they would play a couple of videos, and they had like the worst animated cartoons in between. That just it was violent. It was misogynistic. It just it made metalheads just look really bad. But I managed to put. That aside, because here, you know, this is stuff that much music isn't, you know, they're not running interviews, you know, with these obscure uh, thrash bands, these obscure crossover bands. They might play the odd video. They're not, they're not, uh, they're, they're not running any interviews, so. Every time, and I, I wanted to own them, and I do have most of them down in the snowy vault. I'm going to have to look up. They, I think it only ran about 12 issues. No, probably not even that. That would be including the special Thrash one and the special grind Grindcore one, which that was actually death metal, but there was that period of death metal when everyone was calling it Grindcore. And meanwhile, I'm standing back going no 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 grindcore you know that's what napalm death started and you know that type yeah. of sound sorry morbid angel for anyone who was doing it back then and i know we have a lot of listeners our age that were into death metal and probably fell into that trap no morbid angel was never grindcore <laughs> okay no matter what anyone was trying to tell you at the time but coming down off the snow box there so yeah hard and heavy you don't remember those I, like i said i i kind of remember it but i think that's stuff that just didn't make it anywhere near me or it was oh, always okay. checked out kind of thing right right, right. Um, but you really bring up a, a good a good point here because you know, that's when Kiss's Animalize um, Live was released on VHS. You know, and I, I can remember renting it, and then I got uh, I got a copy for my birthday or Christmas, one of those, right? And right. I watched it all the time. And and that's that's another interesting thing is because so now you had these concert VHS that you could get. Um, I remember renting. One of the, like the last Black Sabbath concerts ever with mm -hmm. Ozzy and watching that. Wow. Um, and I watched Woodstock. Man, what's another one? Um, man, those are the those are the big ones coming to mind. Oh, Van Halen, fifty one fifty, live without a net. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, like, like you had all these concerts, and the impact of those 
on, you know, young musicians, you know, that could now, I mean, I know for me, like I am studying these live videos and, mm-hmm. and like and the closer they can get to their hands, the better for me. I'm watching this one, I'm listening, you know, I can still almost sing Gene's bass solo in that particular um, video, you know, just cause I've watched it so many times. Um, but then what about movies like, uh, the, oh, hang on, I'm going to get this wrong. Is it the Monster Squad. Uh, uh, I, I know of what you speak. I've never saw it. Is there a connection to metal with that? Like, well, I don't know if it's a connection to metal, but ju- just monsters in general. Like okay. for, for a lot of younger kids, when that came out, like what? late 80s or whatever and then you know again getting its second life in the video stores a lot of young kids that was their intro to horror mm-hmm. right and then you know you're either getting into horror from metal or into metal from horror a lot of times right mm-hmm. like like they, they go hand in hand that's really why I want to talk about this because I, I just find it interesting that all of a sudden, you know, like, I mean, heck, Metallica, right? And Kirk Hammett. The movies that he didn't get to see until they came on the TV. And Rob Zombie talked about the uh, the theater that he would go to in New York. They would have, <laughs> like, all the old black and white horror movies and things like that. Grindhouse. But, yeah. But but now, it was is rentable any time. Right. Mm-hmm. And and you can get that. And so like, what do you think, think were some of the big ones that impacted that? Like, obviously like, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Halloween, um, Friday the 13th, and then, um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. What were some other ones you think had, had a big impact you know, now that it could be rented and watched over and over. Over and over. Okay. And this, this ties in, to uh hard music as well but return of the living dead oh good one there's a movie it did it did all right in the theater like you know we're talking 1985 you had day of the dead that year reanimator okay there's a perfect example that of a movie okay it had a limited run yep in the theater but man once it hit vhs once it hit home video Man, it just it just boomed. It just boomed, and now Reanimator. If if you've never seen it, like I highly recommend it. It's I've it's never seen it, but I've seen it in every video store I've ever yeah. been in. <laughs> you like, need to see multiple it. copies of it. It's an absolute yeah. classic, and the music, courtesy of Charles Band, is uh, is phenomenal as well. But um, yeah, that same year, Day of the Dead reanimator and you had return of the living dead okay now as for me horror film fan heavy music fan this was a movie you know this was a marriage maiden rock and roll heaven man you know like uh you know because it, it had punks and you, you gotta remember it was the 80s so if you ever wanted like a scumbag 
you know, the Hollywood just went straight. Well, put him in a leather jacket, put a mohawk on him, have him wear some studs and a destroy T-shirt or something. Oh, yeah. You know, punk rockers were so badly portrayed. Oh, in every movie, yeah. That back then, Return of the Living Dead, they were the protagonist. And I thought it was, you know, it was really good to see. Okay, so I went to 1985 in horror movies since you mentioned Return of the Living Dead. That in 1985, all right, things that I really remember as far as being, you know, horror movies that still stand out Cat's Eye, right? That had Mm -hmm. Drew Barrymore. Um, Fright Night. Fright Night. Oh, yeah. Fright Night. 85, yes. Ghoulies. Yeah. Um, Hard Rock Zombies. I don't remember that one, but that <laughs> feels like we should know it. Uh, yeah. Um, the Howling 2. Okay. Um, let's see here. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Reanimator, like you said, Return of the Living Dead, Silver Bullet, and then Vampire Hunter D. That's another one that I, I remember. Hmm. I, I never saw it, but I remember seeing every video store. Okay. That, that that was quite a year for movies. And so it was, it was. Most of those probably weren't released in the video rental until eighty six, right? Because it it took a lot a longer time. Oh it did, yeah. Like now okay, like with Disney, you you go to a movie, right, and a month later it's up on Disney Plus. Barbie is up on Crave already. You yeah, know? well, Barbie, Barbie was what July, so they actually held off on that one a little bit because that dude, I um, I told you I have a buddy who works in movie theater. The amount of money they're pulling in for Barbie was astronomical. Was insane. Yeah, like I I knew I knew. Okay, this is going to be good. It's going to find an audience. We're going to go to it because we're just pop culture people. Yeah. You know, and Barbie was such a big part of it and all that. So we were kind of interested to see how this was going to play out, you know, as a as as a thing. And we enjoyed it. Okay, we'll watch it again. One of these, you know, especially here in the winter time. I did not think it was going to do half of the bajillions that it did. Me neither. Oh, I was just like, really? I mean, it was the movie was good. But oh, it was good. Yeah, was when fantastic. I finally saw it, I'm like, oh, it's better than I thought. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Like that, I was not expecting that. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy. Okay. Sorry, well, so now, now you've got yeah. me looking at stuff. So that was 85, right? So that stuff comes out in 85, hits our, hits our theaters by, by 86. That's influencing us. And then in 1986, dude, what another year for horror movies, right? Class of Newcomb High <laughs> was 86. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Dead Time Stories, which I've never seen, but again, I saw on every video rental shelf. Mm-hmm. Jeff Goldblum's The Fly, right? The mm-hmm. one that he was in. Yeah. The remake. Um, Friday the 13th, part four. No, no, six. I'm reading that wrong. Yeah, six. Well, they are up to six? My goodness. I thought six was later on. Yeah, 86. Okay, sorry, yeah. you're right. No, yeah. this blows me away, though. Um, and then Haunted Honeymoon, you know, the com- comedy one. Right. But let's see here. Um, Maximo Overdrive, because mm-hmm. I remember watching that on video. I couldn't wait for it to come out on video. 
<laughs> Night of the Creeps. Oh, right. there is one. There is one short theatrical run did nothing at the box office. It is it 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 it's a horror film classic now because of VHS. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's it's fantastic. I got to see it again. Yeah, and then of course our personal favorite, Trick or Treat. Right, right. I was going to be getting to that one at some point because that is the strong metal crossover. Yeah, yeah, and oh. and you know it's funny with that one is like I couldn't find that in a theater near me, and that was also hard to find on VHS here. Really? Yes. No, I remember it being advertised up here for the theater, and I just, for one reason or not, another reason, I just, I just never got to it. But man, once, once, uh, once, once it hit VHS, like both myself and all of my metalhead friends, we flocked to it to to get a a rental copy of it and. So, yeah, and of course the soundtrack is just not just one of my favorite soundtracks, but one of my favorite albums of all time. Oh, yeah. And then Stephen King's Maximum Overdrive came out that year, too. ACDC's Who Made Who. Yeah. Yeah, the whole, uh, well, actually, I have the, well, that was an album that Mrs. Snowy brought into the relationship, but why have the... I have the we have the cassette down down in the vaults, but yeah, it wasn't just the title track, but the whole album. It was it was an ACDC album. Oh yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like Trick or Treat was basically a Fastway album. Yeah, yeah, solid stuff. All right, and then oh, so yeah, so that's everything. Eighty six would have probably been on the video rentals by eighty, you know, eighty seven here, and then. Uh, 87, like for theater releases, this is like the, um, the year of campy horror movies, right? Because I'm seeing stuff. Well, okay. Cannibal hookers. That just sounds like fun. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Um, but what, what this was like where they have creep show too, which actually that's a classic, mm-hmm. but you know, evil dead Two. It's like all the sequels, ghoulies Two. Hello, yeah. Mary Lou prom night Two. Oh my God! Okay, that if that wasn't if that didn't have I think Mary Lou prom prom night two. Okay, I think that movie got a bad rap because they slapped the prom night on it. It had had fuck all to do with really with the original early '80s slasher, you know, and just it was a Canadian product production or whatever. If they didn't, it was the same thing with Halloween and the season of the witch. You took Halloween off of that part three. Yeah. Everyone would be saying, oh, that movie's great. It's a classic and all that. But it's a Halloween movie. No Michael Myers. Everyone shits on it. That's the same thing with Mary Lou. It's a pretty good movie, but it's not a prom night movie. And everyone shit on that because of that. Well, and and I think that that's when everybody was trying to get a piece of the pie, right? Because horror mm-hmm. really st- started to sell there, right? Uh-huh. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, Jaws the Revenge. <laughs> oh, fuck. Right? Howling worst, 3. Worst movie ever. Oh, yeah, but I mean, like, like, like all these. Now, here's one. The, the, um, the Lost Boys was 87. Mm-hmm. And I remember that when it came to VHS. That was one that we watched a lot on VHS. Monster Squad was 87. My Best Friend is a Vampire. 
I I don't know if I've seen that, but I know I I know the name. Nightmare on Elm Street three, dude, redneck zombies. How did I miss that one? Yeah, it was the shits. Rock and roll nightmare. <laughs> uh, I got to see it again. Yeah. But this is like Silent Night, Deadly Night two, Slumber Party Massacre two. Okay. Um, like all this crazy stuff. So, and then that again would have been like eighty eight. Yeah. You know, hitting the video stores, and I honestly think that, like, because '88 would have been the height, we'll say, of like the hair metal scene and the and the MTV, you mm-hmm. know, glitz, five foot high hair, and all those movies really stick in my mind for that particular era, you know, because oh, yeah. they would have come, come the thing. Like, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I've been I've been thinking about it for a while. Just I find it fascinating how you know the the video rental really influenced pop culture and just everything and just you know writers, musicians, whatever you know. Hmm. Oh, definitely, definitely, and all things. Yeah, you mentioned you know movies in the eighties that you know broke through on on home video. The Decline of the Western Civilization Part 2. Yes. Yeah, that's another one I could never find. Limited theatrical release. Okay, I didn't catch it in the theater a lot. But we knew it existed because of the magazines and all that. The second it was out on uh, VHS, we, we, you know, meet a bunch of my friends. We... We we grabbed a copy of it. We hit the liquor store, hit the beer store, and all that, and we made a night of it. You know, watching it probably a couple times. You know that that night, and then there there's so many times over the years, we're all just kind of hanging out. We put it on in the background because there was so much music on it, and you know if you're having a little get together. You know, you have a bunch of people that haven't seen it yet. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, that's that movie about the metal and all that. You're watching it now. Oh, uh, yeah. And before you know it, people are, you know, getting turned on by this. So, yeah, it's very, very different. Or it was, it was, yeah, yeah. Very, um, a lot of good times watching that. You know, and then of course the third one was just about crust punkers that live on the streets and all that, and it's like kind of like uh, you're kind of steering away from the uh, the formula here about what these what these movies are about. But yeah, the first one and the second one. The first one though, I was lucky enough to have many many years after it came out, my local art house theater, the Cinematech. I remember one night, and this was. This was after part two was released when we saw that part one was being aired at this at the Cinematheque. So a bunch of us, we all piled in and we went and we checked this out. I think Mrs. Snowy, you know, appreciated the the first one more because there was metal bands as opposed to all these punk bands. That really wasn't wasn't her thing. So yeah, the declines. <laughs> and the funny thing is, I the one I caught in the theater wasn't the metal one, and only because it was a special event. 
Man, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I'm going to say it again. Support yeah. your local theater, your local art house theater. Yeah. There's so much. Right now, as a matter of fact, Rock and Roll High School is playing right now at my uh, at my uh, at my art theater. So, yeah. But, you know, it's going to be airing a couple one, more. Well, yeah, yeah. It's going to be airing a couple more times. So in case you're wondering, hey, Snowy, like, what the, why the fuck aren't you at the theater? Well, I'm doing this right now. And, you know, I'll have a couple more chances to uh, to to view it. So and OK, while we're talking about it, I think that's another film. Yes. OK, that had. You know, the limited theatrical run. But, you know, once 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 it came out on VHS. It's like, boom, it was huge. That's where it really found its market. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That that's, that's, that's another great example. And I think a good place to cap off this discussion on this. Okay. Is, oh, that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. Let, let's, let, let's okay. call it there, man. Okay. You know, Ramones, <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> there you go. I recently saw a meme on uh on on the on the facebooks saying that anyone who believes in mic drop has never bought a mic before oh amen dude <laughs> amen yes yes i remember i was um i was hosting uh my buddy phil's wedding okay and with that you know i have to do a lot of talking on the mic to everyone in the building well i kind of did the mic drop thing one time and like the guy who owns the mic he had that look on his face oh yeah and i just put it down i said no no don't worry man i would never do that i i know enough people that own mics trust me <laughs> dude yeah. When, yeah. when i was man I, I was i was a teen we went to like a week-long summer camp essentially um, that specialized in guitar and bass, like in really, you know, intense learning for, for a week long. And it was, it was a blast. And one of the guys, mm -hmm. you know, came in to talk to us about recording and was telling us, he's like, yeah, if you're my intern and you drop a mic, that's your last day. Yeah. You know, and, uh -huh. and we're all like, what? And, and he really took the time to talk to us about, he's like, here's how the mic works. Here's why it's delicate. All this sort of stuff. He's like, always handle it with care, you know? Um, and yeah, you when know, you see Roger day, Daltrey swinging them around, well, yeah. he's a multimillionaire. Well, okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and even like 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 Rollins, you know, Rollins would tape his mics up a certain way because you know the the cables would break, and then he was saying he finally, um, like somebody from Shore got a hold of him because he 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 loved Shore microphones, and he was going through them, and they're like, well you know, these microphones are pretty serviceable. We can swap out that, that capsule. And he's like, what? And so, you know, he started realizing that the, these are almost like the model T of mics, you know? Ah. Yeah. So they swapped the Saval form, but yeah, yeah. Like P PSA, everybody never drop a microphone. That's right. That's right. Okay. Let's get on with some tunes here that will take us back to those golden days of, uh, VHS. Uh, Swedish trad metalers Parasite. 
they kind of came in the outdoors, some demos and their self-titled EP. Let's get into that. This is Burning. Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday nights on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. 
With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at The Brocast. That's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T. And you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcast, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. That was some more modern fare, if you want to call it that, from the mighty extreme noise terror from their 2008 Law of Retaliation record. That was rotten to the core. Well, I got to say, my friend, that conversation, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, man, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm always looking forward to uh, having great conversations, and I'm always looking forward to introducing wicked new music to our listeners in our Indie Spotlight. We're always on the lookout for fresh new talent. Check out this Indie Spotlight.
Let's uh, make our way down to the cold, frigid temperatures of Arizona for this year's Indie Spotlight. A really cool band, Never Reborn, came across my desk. Cool new, um, cool, cool new record, Ashes of Our Past, available now. Really, really great stuff. I like the, you know, kind of mix of... A little bit of thrash, a little bit of trad, a little bit of death, a little bit of black. Really good stuff. So let's drop a track from them. How about the title track in this week's Indie Spotlight from Arizona's Never Reborn with Ashes of Our Past.
neverborn.bandcamp.com, facebook.com slash neverborn band. Really, really cool stuff. I love discovering new music. You know, whether it's stuff coming across my desk, every once in a while, like, okay, when we were kids or we when we were younger, where we would see that album with the wicked cover on it, cool track listing, uh, you know, um, it was good review in Metal Forces or whatever. I, I, I want to get back to that, you know, like I have still, like I've, I'm familiar with a band, okay, but I haven't had this record yet. So you just kind of buy it blind, you know, and uh, yeah, I still do that. Every once in a while, you know, it makes make, makes things interesting, shall we say, even, even more so. So, yeah, that was never born. Really great stuff. Check them out. Well, my friend, oh, I could hear the puppies come into the room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, everyone's uh, so many podcasts over the years. Their dogs, their cats. You know, they all become part of the show. So, right yeah. on, right on. So, uh, how can uh, people get a hold of us? Well, dear snowman, radioactivemetal.org. That's all the episodes past, present, and future. Everything's going on there. Check out our Instagram, at redmetal666. I am trying to post more pictures. Um, man, did I post the pictures of... I, th- I think I posted the coffin I cats. Coffin cats. Yeah, yeah, I think I yeah. posted those up there already. Yeah. Um, okay, good. Because I couldn't remember. Because I, I wanted to. Because, you know, like I said, I want to make sure that the bands know that um, I appreciate them coming through this neck of the woods. So those are up mm. there. I posted pictures of the creature base. Um, and we're going to keep working on that. Uh, then you can go to facebook.com slash metal. And Snowy's been posting a lot of his geek finds and, you know, the mm-hmm. records and things that he finds. So you can check that stuff out there, interact with us. You can drop us a line, rapmetal666 at gmail.com. And then you can find the podcast places like the um, Apple Podcast app, right? You can go to whatever Google does. You can go to uh, Spreaker, Stitcher. I feel like there's another one that I now I can't think of. Um, Player but, FM. Yeah, a, yeah. Any, anywhere you that's, find a podcast, you're gonna find us, right? We're we're all over the internet, everywhere, everywhere. And um, we're also on Spotify, and we're on Spotify because of the fine folks at the Shiny Wizards Network. ShinyWizardsNetwork.com. Whole host of wrestling and lifestyle podcasts out there. They also host our sister podcast, A Wrestling Night in Canada, where one of the hosts sounds mm. just like Snowy. Yeah, yeah. A really sexy voice on that guy. Sexy yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, it's time to bring this crazy train into the station so in the meantime and in between time that's it this has been a please be kind rewind episode of radioactive metal i'm snowy white and this is aaron signing off